All right, hi y'all. Um, welcome back to hashtag This Is Thirty. Um, we have a super interesting and different sort of episode today that I'm excited about. Um, even though the topic is, I feel like a bit heavy, it is something that I feel like I haven't discussed on here before, and I'm very, very grateful to have a guest on today, um, Mickey Spear. Um, she, I don't know if you would consider yourself an expert in this area, <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> But um, we are going to discuss um, basically the aspects of dating when when grief is involved, um, which I think is a really important thing to discuss. It's, it can be a really, I feel like sensitive, touchy thing, but I feel like this will be helpful to, you know, help us navigate if you come across this sort of situation in dating, um, even maybe online dating too, as you're meeting people, um, how to go about that and navigate it. So um yeah, so welcome, Mickey. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so very much for having me. I have been looking forward to this all week. And this topic, like you said, is so relevant because by the time people are 30, there is a very good chance they have lost someone mm-hmm. that was meaningful to them. And as the older you get, the, the higher the chance is that that person they lost is one of their what I like to call immediate circle people. Mm. And obviously, the closer to your heart those people are, the harder it is. So we need to talk about it. And we need to know from both our own perspective and if people are being vulnerable with us, how to act, what's appropriate, and how we can move forward in a healthy way. Oh, my gosh. Totally. And because it, it, as an outsider, like looking into this, it's it's not you don't you just don't want to say the wrong thing. I know I personally right. can struggle with being kind of awkward and you know fumbling <laughs> over my words in general and just not wanting to offend people though. So um, this is a I'm super like grateful for you to be coming on and talking about this because I feel like this will be helpful um, for a lot of people. So. Yes. So do you mind sharing just a little bit of background for people to kind of know where you're coming from with, you know, like what your passion? I know you, you seem like you're very passionate about this topic. So just yes, give people absolutely. a little background. So I am. Yeah, no worries. So my name again is Mickey Spear. I am a musician, author and talk show host um, of The Healing Half, which is a weekly Facebook show. And I put out a lot of music surrounding grief and hope and faith. But also, um, I, I wrote a very specific workbook called My Heart Still Remembers, which is a grief exercise that anybody can have access to if, if you want. It's free for anybody who signs up for my email list. Mm. Um, or you can buy a hard copy off of Amazon if, if you're like me and you kind of prefer the uh, the old paper yes. route, which <laughs> I for sure do because I do not have a printer anymore. So, yes. um, But you might say, well, why do I talk about grief? Well, I don't think anybody goes into their adulthood years saying, you know, I really would love to be a grief expert. Right. <laughs> it's usually something uh, people avoid. Right. Most people don't love to talk about grief. And I was actually one of those people up until about five years ago. So when I mm-hmm. was 13, my mom died from colon cancer. It was a relatively Mm -hmm. short battle. It was only like two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I was so traumatized, obviously, by someone so important in my life being sick, watching them die, 
and then not knowing how to act afterwards, I just stayed in this weird state of shock and denial Mm. for, I'm not kidding you, like 10 years where I just was trying to convince Mm. myself I'm fine. There's nothing wrong. And yet anytime anybody like broached the topic, Mm -hmm. I would tear up and I'd I'd have to change the topic super fast because I just couldn't in quotation marks go there. Mm. And then eventually I had uh, several other losses, whether it be grandparents or my now would have been brother-in-law passed away from suicide when I was, um, when he was 19 and I was 21 Mm. and several other losses that eventually stuff just hit the fan. And I realized I was collapsing emotionally physically I couldn't talk about these things I was getting rattled at the slightest bump Mm. and with any aspect of my life and so I was like I need some help what is going on I actually thought I had a crying problem like a tear duct issue because I would cry so much and so I went to the doctor and I was like I think there's something wrong with my eyes I don't understand Mm. um and the doctor's like I think you've got to get to the counselor because you haven't processed your mom's death yet So I know what it's like. So everything I'm about to talk to you today, I'm not preaching at anybody. I have been in the spot where it's awkward and I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But through counseling, through research and just through listening to other people, I realized the only way is through it when it comes to grief. So you have to work through it or else it's going to manifest in negative ways in other areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of what got me into this business where it's just like, I want to help other people talk about their own grief, know where to start, because I didn't really know where to start, as well as learn how we can talk to others better. And man, dating is one of those key, like you said, fishy areas where you're like, this is really gray, and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dating is already so murky. Uh, at least for somebody like me. So if you add in these other elements, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to get out of Dodge. I don't know what to do. I, you know, it's ooh, difficult, but you know, I mean, it's important. This is really important. And I really appreciate you sharing like your background. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. And I feel like if no one else, maybe just me, but like your voice and like your disposition, just, just hearing you, I'm like, uh, encouraged because I feel like oh! this is the other side of, you know, I guess trauma for lack of a better. Yeah. Um, so that's encouraging. Oh, you are so kind. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, that's, that means the world for me to hear that because like I said, I was not always able to do this. You right. have told 15 year old me, Hey, one day you're going to be talking about it. I would have just laughed because I, I, at that stage, I would never have reached that. I didn't want anybody to know. I wanted to keep it to myself. Right. I wanted to be a normal teenager. Um, so it, we, but we all are on a journey, right? We've all come a long <laughs> way since our teenage years. Yes. Oh my, God. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Talk about a train wreck, but we're getting, yeah, we're better now. We are better now. Um, so yeah, okay, I guess we can just kind of start off from, from the beginning of how to kind of navigate grief and dating. So, um, so when would you say is like the right time to bring up to somebody that you're dating that, you know, hey, I've suffered this loss? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So when we talk about dating, like you said, I think it's important just right out of the gate for our talk today. Let's let's assume we are fresh out of the gate. We have met on a dating app. 
Yes. We're just getting to know each other. We have not grown <laughs> up together. We do not know. We're like totally blank slate. Yes. Or it's awesome because it's a blank slate, but it's scary because then we have to fill in the lines and the color. Totally. Um, yes. And, and I know you know this, but maybe the people listening don't. My sister is actually a first date expert. Yes. So I, I made sure to do a lot of consulting with her leading into this conversation. Yes. And one of the biggest principles of her upcoming book, Become a First Date Expert, mm-hmm. is the importance of establishing what the first date is about. And it's so often it gets muddled and confused and society and all of our insecurities can dictate that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what it really should be about is figuring out if you and this person have chemistry. Mm. Do you get along? Are you attracted to them? The other stuff can kind of wait. And what I unfortunately see from a lot of people when it comes to grief, like you said, when to do it, if you bring it up too soon, it can be awkward for two reasons. Mm -hmm. The first one is if it's a relatively new loss, it can be very vulnerable. It's extremely emotional. Like I said, I could, I was crying at the drop of a hat before I really went through and processed a lot of this emotion. And when you're trying to have a fun first date where you're just trying to figure out if (laughs) you like each other, crying and having to excuse to go to the bathroom and blot your face with water is probably not on your to-do list. Yes. So that's probably what I would say is for your own sanity, let's say, you know, it's a new loss, it's kind of hard. If you kind of intro with that, it can put a huge damper on the mood, and that's not to say we shouldn't own our grief or we shouldn't eventually talk to them about it, mm-hmm. but right out of the gate, it's probably best to wait. And then the second reason why I would really encourage people to wait mm-hmm. um, is maybe you're like me, where you've kind of, it's been a long time, you've done a lot of processing, and it's always a journey, right? Grief is never over. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Mm-hmm. But I can talk about it really easily. If I can casually tell you, oh, yeah, this person died by suicide, this person died by cancer blah blah I'm, I'm saying it as if I'm talking about the sky is blue the right is yes but for some people that's a really uncomfortable topic mm-hmm. and if you are you know so it's like imagine me in my comfort level now sitting down with a guy who's never had a loss mm-hmm. to hear me talk so nonchalantly about death Mm-hmm. might freak him out and be like, is she a psychopath? Yeah. <laughs> Does she not realize what she's talking about? It's a big deal. Right. Either way, um, definitely kind of puts a weird emotion on the night. Mm-hmm. So what I would encourage people to do is unless they ask you extremely specifically, I, I would just kind of uh, dance around that topic. But let's say, and, and people did this, uh, still do this to me a lot, not by accident. I mean, it's not on purpose. It just happens. They kind of ask me because I'm super tall. I'm six foot four. People oh. ask me like how tall my parents are, and that, that's like a normal. I guess people just want to know. Yeah. And so I'll say things like, "Oh, well, my dad was is six four, and my mom was five eleven. And I like mm-hmm. to just kind of leave it at that and keep talking. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, people will catch me and say, "Sorry, was? What do you mean was?" Mm. And then I'd be like, oh, well, <laughs> my mom died. Anyways, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. So mm. what I would say is, let's say you're in a box and it's like somehow you got put in the question where they kind of have to ask you to clarify what you mean or they ask you questions and it just comes out. Somebody died. One really easy way to just say that is 
again, before the date, if you are more emotional about it, which is totally valid, mm-hmm. prepare the, you know, prepare this feeling of rehearse what I'm about to tell you. So that way you've said it a couple times and it's just going to come out. Say, yep, this person died on this date. They were very close. Um, however, if that's okay, maybe we could talk about that another time or, um, mm. say, you know, maybe we could talk about that later if that's okay. I, I, you know, what about this pizza? And just switch the topic. Most people are going to like realize that direction change when they see one. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of are here to tell them, I'm not saying no, I'm saying let's put a pin in this and talk about more about this later and just have fun. So this is the first date. We're supposed to have a good time at the pizza parlor, not talk about our life story. Right. Not have just a, a breakdown in front of this new person. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, too, I would also say that there's, I don't know if there's somebody listening that needs to hear this, but the old me might have bought into this lie. I think when it comes to dating, there's kind of this, you know, think about like middle school, emo, the phase we all went through where it's like, we're all so broken and, and we want to be loved for our brokenness, which mm-hmm. is valid. And, and there's like a part of that that is very true. Yeah. But the one thing I unfortunately see some, it's usually women and I don't know why, but it's, it's usually women fall into the trap that if I lay all my cards on the table and I tell you my mm. life story and all of my hurts and all of the pain that I've been through that you're going to love me more or that's oh. going to make me more attractive to you because I've been through some crap. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Mickey. And- now we're now we're getting here. Now you're getting in my business now. Now you're preaching. Okay. Right. Yes. It's so tempting to want to do that. However, I, I would circle back to um, the funnel, which is if you think about, you know, as you get closer, you've got this emotional side mm-hmm. and you've got the physical side. And as you progress in this relationship, the two get closer, which means as you get to know each other better, you get to learn more, you get to do more, you get to feel more, and you get to talk about the future more. And then eventually, of course, that will lead to the the unveiling of truth and family secrets. And maybe we'll get engaged where all those conversations can and should happen down the road. But if you're at the tippy, tippy top of these funnels, Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd encourage, I think women, we just need to hear this because we want to be loved so badly yes. um, to remember not to zip all the way, like halfway down the emotional slant because oh you're going to be super hurt when mm-hmm. they maybe don't like you that much. And then you feel not only rejected from, oh my gosh, they don't like me mm-hmm. because of the date, but then you've got this new attachment saying they don't like me because of my story, which is probably not true. They probably just didn't like us to begin with. (laughs) Um, But now we're associating our trauma and we're saying, wow, not only did they reject me, they rejected my pain with my mom. And Mm. and it's just like, whoa, (laughs) that's a lot of pressure to put on some stupid boy you met one time for pizza. Mm. But we can internalize that pain. Then we start to think, does everybody else think that? And it just spirals out of control. So it's, it's the lesson of as hard as it is, try to keep that vulnerability like a ticking time bomb. Like, right, you let a little bit more out slowly but surely as trust mm-hmm. is established because you don't want to be sharing this stuff with somebody who can't handle it and isn't going to validate your feelings. Mm-hmm. So 
I would say if, if you need like a hard timeline, whenever you're starting to say like, wow, I really like this person. I think we both like each other. I could see us being exclusive mm. and we're maybe getting really close to that point. I think that's at least the normal progression. It's been a couple of years since I've been in the dating scene. I think that's a normal progression still. Yes, um, I, I can at, affirm. At that point, at that point, you want to, again, you're moving down, you're spending time and you're spending your emotions and those two are getting closer together. And that's when you can start to say, hey, I, you know, I, I'd like to tell you this thing and it, it's up to you. Do you want to make it a big deal um, and sit them down and, and kind of be vulnerable and maybe in a quiet spot so you're comfortable to cry? Absolutely. Or you can be mm. like me where it's a little more nonchalant by this point in my life where I can kind of just tell you more factually. Yep, I go to counseling a lot. This happened 15, 17 years ago. You know, all about right. the line. Um Either way, that should come out, I'd say, like, date three, four, five, um, and make sure you've got the buy-in from the other person that you both are moving forward, and it's not, um, I don't know the exact term, but it's, like, the lightly dating thing. If you're just really keeping it light, whatever you want to call mm, that, friends mm-hmm. with benefits, where there's no real direction to the relationship, right? just remember you don't owe them anything. You don't have to tell them anything if you don't want to. So don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to tell anybody ever, mm-hmm. but if there is a right time, I'd wait at least a couple of dates and until you've got the surety, oh, this person actually cares about me, this is part of who you are, and it is important for them to know that it's just maybe not right out of the gate. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. That makes a lot of sense, and and it's interesting how you brought up, you know, how if someone suffered a loss, that, that bringing that up maybe people that don't know any better bringing it up first date or who knows, maybe when they're still in the messaging stays stage right. um, on yeah. Bumble or Tinder or something. And it's interesting because it's, I, I've, I feel like at least when I've done my spilling of my guts, you know, I've, I've been guilty of that, not about loss, but just about sure. issues and mm-hmm. it's well-intended. So it's so fascinating yes. to hear you say, you know, and I agree with you now that I know better to hold back and, <laughs> you know, hold back and, and see if this person is even worth, you know, opening up to and because we're supposed to ultimately guard our heart and you got to wait yeah. to know somebody a little bit more. But it's just interesting to me how it's kind of backwards because in my head, it does make sense to just, hey, just so you know, date one, you know, I have this issue, like it or not, you know what I mean? Take yeah. it or leave it. It's kind of <laughs> like I want to just, you know, if you can handle it or not, get in or get out. So, but I know right. that that's not, that's a lot at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you bring up such a good point. It's it's almost like bring your full self with your full story to the yes. date, but be the gatekeeper of what you let out. So you're not being fake. You're not lying. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not playing yeah. games. You're not doing anything that's not genuine. Right. But it, it's just kind of like it's a it's a beautiful movie, right? It's like if you knew everything that was going to happen at the very beginning of the first five minutes of the movie. It's just kind of like, okay, you kind of ruined the punch then at the middle and the twist and all the turns. And so it gets you excited to have more dates with people Mm. because then you can talk about more stuff. Or if you do too much too soon, you know, Mm -hmm. Katie's big theory is your date shouldn't be longer than half an hour, which I'll let you, you know, I don't know if people actually follow that. (laughs) But that first date, it's like give them enough 
to get excited about the future. Don't lay it all out on the line right out of the gate, mm. or you won't have things to talk about for date three, four, five. Mm. See, that's a really good perspective. I, I like you said. I do think a lot of people need to hear that because. Ooh, that's a yeah, that's a tricky one. <laughs> um, and I know you've been bringing up your sister. I just wanted to drop in. Um, uh, episode thirty-two is what uh, we we had with uh, your sister, Katie Sir, uh, talking about the first date talk. So I just wanted to drop that in real quick. Y'all can go back and reference a really good episode too. Uh, episode Perfect. thirty-two. Um, so getting back to um, more about the loss. So okay, so like you said. This is early on, date one, date two, maybe still messaging even. Um, well, no, maybe I, maybe we can move on a little bit to where we've actually, <laughs> now we're on the date. Let's say that. We're, we're sitting okay. on the date. You did talk about how to kind of open up a little bit, share if you want to, keep it light. Um, now, coming from, let's say I'm the guy, I'm not a man, but let's say I'm on the other <laughs> side of the table and... You, you, you know, I am the guy that says like, oh, wait, oh, did I catch that right? Like, did, did you, your mom, she was like, what's going on there? Um, and you, you do casually share it with me. How, how would you say it's good to react to that as the guy or as the person that hears that news? I'm really curious. What's the best way to, to kindly say like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or, uh, you know, what do you do? Absolutely. And, and that's actually probably the top question <laughs> I get asked across the board is some form of, I'm talking with somebody who's grieving yeah. and I don't know what to say. No like, idea. This is a cultural question. Yes. And I'm so happy to at least help people come towards an answer with that. So if, yeah. if, let's say for whatever reason, you, you find yourself in a spot where um, you, you had to tell them and and you want to keep it relatively light. Mm. I think a good expectation of them would uh, to say, and I guess you can turn it around and this is what you could say yourself, mm-hmm. is to acknowledge that the loss is hard. I think I mm. think it's really human nature, and this is from all the interviews that I do on my show with people who've lost, whether it be children or spouses or friends or whatever it is, mm. the, the common thread that I find is in those moment where you're where people want to hear about it and they want to relate to it the worst thing you probably could do is compare it back to a lesser experience that you've had um like Mm. oh yeah i totally get it my cat died when i was in third grade it's like yes that is traumatic and that could be very sad for a third grader but comparing that to somebody's mom who just died is probably not going to go over super well. Right. Um, so Jeez. in general, what I would say is the best way is just to go in without the without the intention of trying to fix it. Because we try so hard to, mm. even if we just met a person, to try and, you know, hey, you've got it. It's going to be okay. Like, try and, like, totally. Totally. But grief is one of those unfortunate things that it probably feels better just to have a friend in it with you rather than somebody with the answers. Mm, so wow. a better thing, you actually said it quite perfectly before, um, say, wow, I'm so sorry. That sucks. I can't imagine. And then just kind of let it hang there. It, you can kind of, if you feel, mm. again, depending on how far along we are in this dating process, Mm -hmm. if you really want 
to get to, if you're like, oh, I like this person a lot, we've been on a couple of dates, I think this is time to talk about it because I could see us moving forward. Mm-hmm. Then, then you could ask, would you like to talk about it more? I'd love to hear more about it if you want to, but we don't have to talk about it now if you'd rather save that for another time. And just give them the option. Because again, they you don't necessarily know how did we stumble on this topic. Was it right. willingly? Is somebody like this is their way of trying to tell you they want to talk about it, or is it yes, like being like you boxed me in a corner? I had to say it, but I don't really want to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a really good point. Like. So that could be taken as a, a cry for help. Like, you know, yeah. if you naturally just want to like be nurture, if you're a nurturing type, like, oh no, like, what can I do? Like you said, I want to solve it. I don't even know you that well, but I just want you to feel good, you know, like not to keep the mood, the mood high and happy. Um, golly, I, it's funny that that actually seems like the hardest solution is to just let it hang there. Like when you said, just let it hang, I was like, oh, like I stopped breathing. <laughs> it's so hard. It is so hard. But I, but I think if you, it's such a good practice. And that's what I encourage people, whether it's you're going through My Heart Still Remembers, which is the grief reflection. So it's, you know, you're doing it yourself or you're getting used to answering these questions mm-hmm. and you're processing. So mm-hmm. like anything, the more you say it, the easier it becomes. Right. Or you're practicing your responses where... You know, you just practice. What if somebody throws you a curveball? How do you respond? The more you just say it, you know, maybe 10 times, it's going to come more natural in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once, let's say somebody kind of reveals it to you, you empathize. You say, I'm so sorry. Try your darndest not to compare it to anything unless, and this is the massive caveat to the whole thing, unless you have a pretty close situation. Mm. Because then community can be really built. Um, I know, so again, I'm a musician. I've got a c- couple songs coming out, which I'm so excited about. Wow. But one is with a co-writer from Nashville, mm-hmm. and he and I have written, let's say, like four songs up to this point. Wow. And because and because we were just getting to know each other, it was just friends, you know, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't until like almost a year of, of co-writing together that somehow we discovered... We both lost moms within a year of each other when we were both in that um, middle school range. Oh, my goodness. And it took a year. And it took a year. And again, we were not dating. We were just friends. Yeah. Um, but it was like, wow, like we just didn't talk about that. But by that point, we knew each other. Mm-hmm. We were friends. And so we're like, let's write a song about it. So we've got a song coming out, which I'm so excited about, called Like a River in January. So it's the way mm-hmm. out. So hang on tight. But yes. it was like one of those situations where you're like, okay, like, yeah, let's let's talk about it. And it was so crazy to feel that community where I was like, oh, my gosh, he gets it. Or at least he gets 90% of it, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like no loss is ever the same. Right. But here's somebody who had a good relationship with a mom who passed away from cancer around the same time. Wow. Like, it's like giving me goosebumps just talking about it because when you find somebody – whose story lines up, or at least a part of your story lines up with a part of their story, Yes, it can be a great feeling of you're not alone. Exactly. Um, and that doesn't just apply to grief. That applies to eating disorders, trauma, mental health, like all mm-hmm. the stuff. When you find community, it's awesome. Absolutely. So to some level, again, <laughs> if you want your first date to be like gone down the both of our moms died path, 
great. Um, maybe again, mm. another reason why we wait to have that conversation. But yeah. it could be it could be cool if if you could bond over it and say, "Wow, I thought kind of a similar situation." But still, bring it back to but let, you know you don't want to steamroll them if they're trying to be vulnerable. Mm. It's just good to know sometimes that other people understand. I would caution if you're dating, though, to not confuse that with, oh, that means we should date each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's actually what I was thinking as you were saying that. I was like, that could be a slippery slope of, like, trauma bonding, basically. Like, okay, great. Now we're connecting over this horrible event. Um, And that's a false sense of love or potential, you know, love. So Yes. I love that term, trauma bonding. So I, I to kind of full circle answer your question, if somebody were to reveal something and you're like, wow, this is kind of early on, this is you know, yes. beginning of the date, yes. you can empathize, say, hey, uh, I'm so sorry, that sucks. I, I, a phrase that I've always um, really enjoyed is, you know, all of our losses make us who we are today. So I, I, I want to get to know you better. And I know that means getting to know all of you and all your story. Mm. But do you think maybe we, like, is, um, is that all right? If we talk about that later, I know it's going to be a tough topic. I want to give you time to, to talk about this, um, where I feel like tonight, because in theory, if you're going on a date, hopefully you set an end time. Like I've got an hour on Thursday night, mm, you know, I'm going to get going soon. So I don't want to breach this topic yet, mm-hmm. but I can put a pin in it. If you can just skirt around that politely and just say, Hey, it's not that this isn't important. We just don't have the time to get into that tonight. Um, that's probably the best way to just dodge it. And then mm. as you keep liking this person again, try not to buy into the pity because everybody's got stuff, you know, like yeah. you said, everybody's got trauma you can bond over or mm-hmm. be like, oh, wow, their, their story is so sad, but that doesn't mean you should date them. So as you think, mm. do I like this person outside of their loss? Um, and if that's the case, the, the, the story of our hardships, whether it's loss or anything else, it's just going to make it that much sweeter. It's going to add to the fact that they like you because they're going to see your resilience and they're going to see what yes. you've been through. But that is like a great movie arc that you want to wait to get to, um, not the first intro 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, that is so good. You're dropping gems. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I, oh, yes. I know. Um, and then what I would also say, too, just going into the date, if you are fresh, um, I want to just like give like a quick little, if that's okay. Like, yeah, no, please little, like, go ahead. PSA. Yeah. I, I know what it's like to be so terrified that somebody is going to ask you about something that you really don't want to talk about mm. because it's, it's almost like fascinating for other people to hear crazy stories. Yeah. Um, so if you are feeling nervous about that, I, I would just encourage you 10 times over to really lean in to your own grief. That's what I had to do. It hurts. It's not fun, but it Mm. feels so good afterwards. You feel so much more grounded, so much more at peace. You can then practice having those conversations without crying. Mm. And it's okay to admit that you are different than where you were before 
this loss happened and this right. gives you a chance to discover how you're different and maybe not put up with as much bs <laughs> in various areas True. because you've changed and you just don't have time for certain things anymore mm. so the more you can get to know yourself and the more you can process your grief which is so 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 important and i pray my book helps you with that because that's my process that i do quarterly almost just to make sure i'm getting all the gunk out oh, that's um, good the more you do that on the front end, the easier these conversations are going to have. Maybe you're like me and your biggest trauma loss happened a long, long time ago. It's still a huge loss, still impacts a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But I know a lot of people, again, we talked about earlier, I know a lot of people who in their late 20s, early 30s are losing parents. Yeah. And it's awful and it's traumatic and it sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely something that should come out eventually and should be processed for sure on our own mm. time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cause I, it, it makes me feel like you're a really good example of walking through your grief and facing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder though, if you come across somebody like, let's say you've gone on several dates, like you mentioned, you're at the point where you kind of like this person, like we might become exclusive. Um, how, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can, obviously you can't speak for everybody, but I guess hearing you, I'm like, what, what are the expectations? Um, is yeah. the thought, is the thought that, okay, I'm dating a guy and that's kind of on him. Like he needs to work out his own stuff or as his girlfriend now, do I kind of play some sort of therapist, even though I'm not oh. one, like, because <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I guess for the caring and nurturing type girls out there, I know I can be like that where I'm like, Oh, I just, I just want to be there and almost like fix it for people. Um, yeah. so I was just curious, like, is, sure. if you could speak to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing question that shows your heart that you're even asking that. <laughs> um, you care so much. And I, and I love that. A lot of people are very selfish in their dating. Mm. And obviously you are not one of those people. So whoever ends up with you is a very, Oh, very wow. Well, <laughs> thank you for that plug. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plug, right? I'll um, take it. So what I would say is I actually have a little bit of firsthand experience with this too, mm. but, but let's start with the early dating stage and maybe mm -hmm. I'll end with moving like, okay, we're more serious and then a loss happens. Okay. So if you, if somebody has a fresh, a freshish loss, let's say, and you're just starting to date them. I mean, I know, I know somebody who was talking, they were messaging, they were getting ready, you know, to start meeting in person. They were getting really excited mm -hmm. and his dad died kind of rather suddenly. Oh gosh. And it's just like, do we keep going? Like, it's so awkward, right? Yeah. Like, uh, this again, to your point, exactly. This is uncomfortable because you don't really know him, yep. but you have a heart, so you're, of course, super sad. Mm -hmm. Do you pursue dating? Do you give them a couple months? And every situation is going to be different. Yeah. But in general, as far as boundaries go, and we have to set them, especially if you are a nurturing type and you want to do that. If somebody is going through a hard time, there is probably two paths that they're going to take. They're either going to be like me, which at 13, where I was like, nope, I'm not going to talk about it ever. You can't make me. I'm not saying that's healthy because it's not. Right. But then you're kind of off the hook in the sense that you could go on a date with this person. They probably don't want to talk about it. And they want to just mini golf and have pizza and have fun <laughs> because dating is probably their escape 
from reality for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and those kind of initial things. Shock is a huge thing. It takes a long time for reality to set in. Mm. So what I would say is if that loss is relatively recent and you continue dating, be ready. Hold on tight to the roller coaster Ooh. that we call grief. You know? <laughs> because it's about to get bumpy. If they are open to feeling, which I pray they are, but I understand being on the other side not being that way. Yes. If they are open to feeling that initial shock is, hey, thanks so much. Like, I'm going to be okay, but man, yeah, thanks. And then it's going to start, like, reality is going to set in, and it's going to be hard, and you're going to see good days, bad days, and if they are, like, comfortable enough with you, Mm -hmm. they're going to let you in on that. The the question then is how far, if this person is willing to be vulnerable with you, do you go? Mm. And and I I would encourage them to maybe maybe you want to pass them a copy of my grief book. Yeah. They can process that. Yeah. You know, encourage them to watch shows like mine where we interview people who have lost and they talk about what helped them at the moment. Mm. Um you know, remind them it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to not be the same person. Remind them that their loss, let's say it's their dad in this situation, their dad is always going to be part of their their life and that we will find ways as a couple. Again, this is a little further down. We will right. find ways as a couple to honor them. Uh, there's mm. There's so much that can do, but none of it fixes it. And that's right. where you just got to keep coming back to at the end of the day, you can do everything right and they still could have a really bad month because it's not about you and it's not about anybody fixing it. It's about their heart being ripped out of their chest and they don't necessarily know where to go. So encourage them to mm. take care of their mental health. Doctor, counselor, really, yes. really important. A lot of people go on antidepressants after a big loss for just a short time mm-hmm. just to help get them kind of over the hardest initial couple months. Mm-hmm. Encourage them to get sleep. If they're not sleeping well, say, hey, this is a bad sign. You should talk to your doctor. Make sure their doctor's aware of it. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like you're turning into the counselor, that's a huge red flag in yes. the sense that you need to let them know, I love you. Well, I guess maybe not. Uh, at this point, <laughs> I care about you, yeah. but I am not a professional. I'm not a professional. Like, I don't right. have the answers, but, you know, I heard this this woman, Mickey Spear, talk about it, and <laughs> she went to counseling, and she said it was really helpful. And she talked about, you know, kind of just push it mm-hmm. back in this because you can't be that for them you don't want to be that for them and you don't want them to associate you with the loss of their dad you don't want them to associate you with being their counselor because it's like you're fun you guys can do fun things but if they if you are that for them especially a lot of men are unfortunately too proud to get help they lean on the women in their lives to be doctors and to be counselors and that's really dangerous it's a dangerous game and you just got to remind them it's not that i don't care it's that i'm not equipped I want to hear how your day is going, but I need to know that you're going elsewhere to get help because I can't be that sole source for you. Mm-hmm. I've had to set boundaries with some guy friends in this area, mm-hmm. and not with grief. It was with other things, but mm-hmm. it still took on a counseling role, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of pressure, and it will ruin a relationship if you do not have healthy boundaries because it's going to get so serious all the time, and that's not what yes. you want if you're just starting out dating somebody. Oh, man, that is so good. 
That is so good because I, I mean, just speaking for myself, I can see how that, that you're, you have good intentions and you want to hear the person out and be their support even early on. This, this, this could even be early on that guys disclose it or something that's hard for them. And then you take on that problem for them and then you think, okay, well, good. Like, you know, he's going to like me because I'm basically playing his counselor. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) taking on his emotions. So of course he's going to like me. And and then now you're just saddled with extra problems that you don't even have to own, you know? So. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I would add to, you know, it's good to, it's good to, if they have bad days, remind them that that's okay. Just be like, Hey, you're grieving right now. Like it's not, it's not this thing that you just get over. It's going to have good days, bad days. So you can encourage them. You can, you know, point them in different directions mm-hmm. but ultimately if you're if you're feeling like you guys can't get out of that conversation on your dates it might not be a good time to date them and they mm-hmm. might just have to take a little bit of a break and you guys can circle back uh, if that's possible um, <laughs> later on and then you can just say it's maybe this isn't just the right time for both of us Mm. Um, and kind of set that boundary. But if you are an established relationship, mm-hmm. that's different because then you have this commitment. In theory, you're moving towards marriage, and marriage is hard. So in a weird, right. twisted way, it's practice for yep. when curveballs get thrown Absolutely. in your marriage. And that's another topic for another time because I've got a lot of experience in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime anybody has questions on that, Feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I'd love to talk about that another time. But for the initial dating, boundaries Mm -hmm. are very important. Yes. Oh, that's so good. So I guess also I was curious, like, uh, that doesn't make someone a bad person if they kind of bow out um, date one, date two, you know, things were going well, but then they found out about this loss and they're like, you know what? I don't know that I can really handle this if the person is still um, upset, you know, is that, I don't don't know if I'm looking for you to be like, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I feel like that might be the best thing to do is just like, this might be too heavy for me. I'm sorry. You know, it's not a good idea to date right now. Absolutely. I, I totally hear your heart in that question because it is so <laughs> awkward. Wait, you do not want to be this bad person. No, you don't want to be a jerk. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't want to be right, a jerk about it. That person yeah. Like, yeah, this girl broke up with me because my dad died. Yes. And you don't want to be that person. Exactly. Um, how, I guess what I would just kind of come back to is is the reminder that the date is – what, what is the objective, right? Is it to make a friend? Is it to be a side counselor? Probably not. Mm. It's probably to find someone that you have a lot of chemistry with and you're interested in moving that relationship forward. Right. And if that's not coming through, if you're like, oh my gosh, this got kind of heavy, I, I'm not feeling that chemistry anymore, mm. um, you are not a bad person for being honest you are never a bad person for being honest because they probably want your honesty even if it's hard right and at the end of the day um if somebody is treating you more like a counselor and you've set those boundaries and you said hey you know why don't like i we can talk a little bit about it but i don't want our early of our relationship to be defined only by that um 
Mm-hmm. And it's totally okay to just say, hey, I know you're going through a lot right now. I definitely don't feel equipped to be handling it. I'm not feeling as far as a, a dating thing. You know, I think you're a great person. I'm so sorry that this happened to you. But I, you know, I want to maybe we can circle back in a couple. I don't know. To be completely honest with you, I don't even have it. But you are not a bad person. Um, <laughs> no, that was good. That. Uh, no, that was good. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I wish I had a better answer for that because I am just like you where it's like the thought of having to do anything that could be interpreted as yes. mean to somebody who's hurting sounds like the <laughs> last thing I'd ever want to do. Yeah. But unfortunately, we are called sometimes to do hard things. And to be honest, you know, some of the best things you can do for a person is to push them in the right direction, whether right. that's a friend or a, a date in this case, and they might not like what you have to say. This friend that I was talking to you about where I was kind of turned into a counselor, and I had to set some hard boundaries and be like, listen, you've got to like literally go talk to a counselor about this. This isn't my job. I can't be mm-hmm. that for you. Mm-hmm. It was a tough, I don't I would definitely not say we're as good of friends as we used to be. However, right. I can sleep that night knowing that I helped somebody who's going, whether they acknowledged it or not, through a very hard time push them to somebody who can actually help mm. even if they hate me for the rest of the li- their life like that was a good call on my end and I just have to be with that and if you're dating yeah. it can be as hard maybe the hardest conversation I had to have all year but you can say you know what I I'm just this is getting really serious really fast it's it's not your fault that this person died um, I, I for, for if we were two years into a relationship, I would absolutely want to do this, but I just, I'm not feeling the date vibe anymore. I'm seeing all these other people. I think mm. I'm going to go a different direction. Yes. And just kind of let it hang. And if they're mad at you, they're mad at you. And if they tell their friends you're awful, it's one of those things you can't control their narrative. Mm. But standing up for yourself and setting your own boundaries is okay. And it's hard to sit with that truth. Yes. But it's not a sin to set boundaries. And that's really important for us to internalize. Right. Oh, wow. That is so good. <laughs> I know I keep Hopefully saying that. Hopefully we don't get to that point, right? Again, the, the hope is that everybody hears this podcast mm-hmm. and they know the points of these early first dates is to establish chemistry and then they can bring out hard stuff later on. Hopefully mm-hmm. we're all mature enough adults that we're handling our own crap on the side. Yes. And as we get closer, that's when we can lean on them in an appropriate way just like how it's it's important to lean on your spouse when you're married but you can't only lean on your spouse that's where doctors and friends and parents come in Mm -hmm. and when done right all of this flows beautifully it's when it's out of timing and that's when it's super awkward and you're like ah so the timing is just wrong and so hopefully we can just skirt it all together by establishing hey let's just keep it light tonight or whatever you want to say yeah and hopefully follow suit Oh, that's so good. I love that. That's really helpful. Um, I like how you're talking about both sides, you know, the one who's dealt with the grief and the one who's having to, you know, hear about the grief or try to support the person that's grieving. So, yeah, um, absolutely. And I know we kind of, it's just made me think to a uh, random question, not so random, but um, like, what are some wrong things to do or say? Um, and I know that's kind of random. I know we, um, touched on like, don't compare 
uh, okay, you lost your mom and then I lost my cat. You know what I mean? That yeah. That is a total no-no. I That makes sense to me. But I didn't know if you had any other things um, of kind of like, okay, yeah. this would be uh, highly offensive to this person or yeah. uh, dismissive of their feelings, you know? Um, yes. I'm just picturing, sure. again, in that date element of just somebody who, I don't know, stays silent. Like, yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yes, you're so right. Maybe the the only thing worse than having to um, having to be vulnerable with somebody when you didn't want to mm-hmm. is to have it then be met with dismissiveness, mm-hmm. totally not empathetic. Um, yes. yes, it's a very valid question. So let's say you know um, this person opens up to you, and you know what are the absolute worst things you can say before you politely say and maybe we can talk about this later yes Um, you know you definitely like we talked about comparison probably not good if (laughs) if they are not offering up details don't go digging for them a suicide in Mm. particular is one that people have a lot of questions about oh that's true it's a really nice again i've only really know a lot about suicide now that it affected my family mm-hmm. but if you know people would ask just like kind of the really inappropriate things to my mother-in-law which I know is not dating but it's just human nature people are oh, curious. Yeah. They're like well how did he die did you know he was struggling beforehand like all these oh, questions that gosh, yeah. again are very much up to them to reveal on their timeline if ever and so maybe digging in is not appropriate I kind of mm. let them take the lead and say if you're at that point where they want to talk more about it be like well tell me more about that interesting how did you feel during that time mm-hmm. when did that start you know just kind of like very open-ended questions and less about and just let them fill in the blanks right because like you said when you start to push it's almost like you're fascinated at the story and at that point you've missed the point which is the vulnerability of this person trying mm-hmm. to share their heart with you not the story if that makes sense. Oh, Mickey, that's so yeah. good. Yes, that makes yeah. sense. That is that is so good. Okay. That's I just wanted people to know also like, you know, what to try to avoid basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, I that was perfect. I say, wow, that's really hard. Leave mm-hmm. comparison out, try to skirt around it and say let's come back to this. But when it is time, that's when again, it's it's their story to tell and it's your turn to listen. Yeah. And um as you get closer, that will be a, a really good conversation because that is a p- huge part of being in a relationship is being vulnerable and knowing what made this totally. person in front of you the awesome, amazing person that they are. Yes. It's just not the right time to do it on date one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. And I, I, I guess that also could tell a lot even early on about your date if they are being pushy when you're clearly trying to you know, avoid talking about it or, you know, how they react even in that small time could let you know, do you want to go on a second date? You know? Um, yes. so that's important. Oh Absolutely. man, this is okay. So I feel like I I've peppered you with so many questions. I feel like my, my last one. <laughs> um, and then I think we had gone over this prior to getting on air, but, um, cause I feel like it's a little unrelated, but related still as far as just the mindset um, maybe you could speak to people that have suffered loss and then now they are trying to date, you know, be online dating, whatever the case. Um, would you say that they've changed like how they date now, the way they look at dating? Um, cause yeah, I'm curious so about that too. Like, 
absolutely. Let's say you're 28 years old. Um, you were dating beforehand. You're for whatever reason now single, mm-hmm. and you had a loss, and now you want to get back on the dating scene. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely say anyone, whether they're dating or not, is never the same person as they were before the loss. Mm. So that's going to manifest itself in a couple different ways. In, in particular, when it comes to dating, you might um, need to take a break for a little while and kind of work on some new stuff. But let's say you want to get back out there. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the biggest things is you're probably going to be looking more now that you've had your heart shattered and ripped out of your chest Mm -hmm. i think the more emotional parts of a relationship are going to matter because maybe before and i don't want to you know everyone's story is so unique and so special and so different yeah let's just say for this hypothetical situation this person hadn't really gone through anything hard so up until this point they were able to have relatively shallow conversations because they didn't really have anything else to talk about mm. now they have this massive thing where they're gonna they're looking for a life partner so again it's not to say we we say it on the first date and say like are you gonna be able to talk to me about this or not <laughs> but rather you know looking for more of those maturity cues can they listen without like you said um being kind of inappropriately asky mm-hmm. um are they compassionate are they able, you know, can you see yourself with them long term? Oftentimes, loss makes us think of the future, unfortunately, sometimes with some anxiety, because you think, mm-hmm. at least in my own life, man, my mom died at 43. Mm-hmm. How many years do I have left? And that's for between me and my counselor to keep working out. But right. after loss, your mindset shifts a little bit, and you might be a little more hesitant towards the future. Some people might be more serious about the future. Mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, just keep that in mind that odds are the more crap somebody's gone through, mm-hmm. <laughs> the more likely they are to want a, a mature adult person who can be there for the fun for the fun stuff but also for the hard stuff because that's what ultimately is going to make a marriage work is can you be fun and sexy and whatever else but then also the the faith the maturity that are they also looking for growth have they gone through hard things and let that change them or are, were they like me um, in my teenage, early 20s years where I was just like, nope, I'm fine, blah, 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 blah. Either way, you're going to be looking for a more mature partner. And that's a good thing. Um, also, totally. Not that we ever want to focus on the good of loss because that can make us feel like we're diminishing it. And that's right. a good thing that it happened. That's not what I'm saying. And we should also never try and find a bright side. Maybe that's another do not say, well, at least they're with Jesus now. Or at least they're suffering oh. over People yes. say that and they mean so well. Platitudes are rarely good. Yes. Um, again, all those things uh, you just want to be careful saying, but also when it comes to yourself being changed, um, you're going to be looking differently at the world. And mm-hmm. no one can answer it except for you. But whatever you're feeling, I would just say it's right. If you are kind of sick of the people you were dating before, you're like, oh, I can't even stand them. That's okay. <laughs> you don't have to give Timmy another shot. <laughs> do whatever you want. Timmy. Um, and hopefully you'll find somebody who sees your full story and the beauty of that. And they can, because uh, again, it, we're all going to have loss. It's just a matter of yes, when. Yes, yes. And 
that's just the hard truth is in relationships, this isn't going away. It's only going to get more applicable as we get older. Yeah, hard truth. That is so true. I know. Wow. A little bit of a depressing note to end on. <laughs> right? There is hope in Jesus. There is hope in processing. Yes. We will not leave it on a bad note. No, but, um, no. But... Yeah, thank you so much for that question. Yeah, no, I appreciate you answering that. Um because I think I think that's important for people like me to know too. Um, just in case it comes up, you know, just in case we come across right. this. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, this was amazing. I want every you. I want to give time to make sure if there's anything else you want to say, but also just make all your plugs so everyone can oh! follow you, like you, support you, um, all the things. <laughs> Yes. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you so much for letting me come on the show. I, I am just so passionate about encouraging people to lean into their emotions, whether it's grief or anxiety or anything, mm-hmm. because I really think this life is better lived with eyes wide open rather than what I did for 10 plus years, which is in complete denial and trying to outrun something that's always going to catch us. Mm. So if you, anybody listening wants to connect, I would love, love, love to get to know you. Head to MickeySpear.com. Please download that free workbook. I, again, I use it myself or I would never push it on anybody else, but it's mm. free. And I, and I really hope it adds a lot of value to your life. Again, the biggest thing we want to do is heal our own wounds, but also learn how do I help other people? Mm-hmm. And that's where my, my show comes in, where um, if you want to hear perspectives that you can't relate to, I've had people who've had houses burned down with family members inside. It's just like so many crazy things. Oh, wow. We ask the question of what helped and what hurt from other people. So then you can learn, oh my gosh. I I know now what to say because I've done my research and I'm not put on the spot awkwardly at a grocery store saying, uh, uh, when Mm. you see that one friend whose mom died, right? Oh, yes. So, so we, this is, this grief, unfortunately, is part of life. I can't wait to be part of that journey with you guys. And if there's anything I can do to help, please just let me know. Aw, okay. I love that. That is so good. And obviously, (laughs) this will be on um, Facebook and Instagram. So, Please follow and support. And do you also have um, YouTube, you said? Yep. All my episodes are on YouTube. So if you okay. want to check that out, by all means, my music and my TV show will be on there, too. Okay. Phenomenal. Well, this has been lovely. Um, as lovely as grief talking can be. Yes! Um, <laughs> you really make it easy to digest, and I, I really appreciate oh. that. So. Thank you so much for taking your time out and coming on. And it's been a pleasure. Oh, my absolute honor. Thank you so much for having me. Totally. All right. And y'all, please go support Mickey. Um, It's M-I-K-I, by the way, Um, (laughs) which I think is so darling. And um, share this with with someone else. If maybe you know someone else is dealing with with this sort of situation, um, please, so that we can help each other. to try to be better and support each other and date better. So until Amen. next time, <laughs> until next time, talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.